Welcome to episode 113 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis. And one of the things I love about voice is the connections that I make in the voice community. One of those being Sandra Noah, who is from Germany and um, one of the co-founders of LaVuba. Sandra reached out to me, oh, about a month ago and asked if I had any Uh, research to support voice and education, which made me kind of dig again into that, to which I sent her a bunch of things I had found and said, thank you for that, because I'd forgotten It'd been such a long time since I'd actually done uh, some research to see if there was research. So I sent her some articles and some white papers and some abstracts, and she sent some back to me. So this episode is really just an update on what research is saying. Uh, I'm going to just go over a few of the things that I found that I think hold a lot of value and maybe even some things to be um, weary about. If you are a developer for Voice for Children, go out there and do some research. Get on Google Scholar, type in Voice Assistants and Children and see what comes up because I think you will learn a lot from what these findings found. So I'm gonna start off with an article that I found by Sylvia Lovato and Amory Piper and um, the first of all, they say, you know, young children like to ask large amounts of questions. And if you've ever been around young children, you know this is true. And one of the things that's been hard for children in the past is that typing is hard for a child because of motor skills, because of spelling skills. And so when touch screens came available, that made it a little bit easier. But the value of voice search um, allows children to really be able to um, query in a way than they've ever been able to before. And one of the things that the article said is that perception of of a device really impacts the expectation of whether they think they're going to get an answer or not. Um, And so a lot of that can have to do with um, did they receive an answer in the previous time they listened or just the way other people look towards the device? Um, it also suggested that breaking down uh, a query in steps to teach a child how to do that would be more beneficial than just asking a broad-based question, which is something as an educator I know from teaching just students how to do really good Google queries. I taught them how to do keywords. I taught them, you know, different things to help them along the way. So we've got a responsibility as teachers to teach them how to make good voice queries because the ending of this article talks about how voice with voice, children are actually much more likely to receive a helpful answer than they are through other kinds of queries. So that was interesting. The next article I want to talk about is one that is by Radhika Garg, who is at the University of Zurich. And it is a study and the beginning title says he is just like me. And um, one of the things about this article that really stood out to me was that um, 
They found that adults and children perceive devices very differently from each other. And um, adults tend to look at it in one way and one way only and don't really vary from the way they use the device. But children are always looking for varied ways to use it and they're not afraid to explore with a voice device. Um, and the, there was some concern in that children tend to personify the device and how that's going to have an impact on them. So that's something to be aware of. Um, my personal opinion is that if you're developing for children, it's just good to remind them that they're not talking to a person, that this is just like if they were on the computer doing a computer um, tracking type thing. All right, my next thing is from the University of Bristol in UK. Um, various different departments there, computer science, education, engineering, went together and they this paper is about co-designing for inclusion with visually impaired and sighted, and sighted pupils. And the, the, the overall desi desire of this paper was to figure out how could they make um, more of an inclusive situation for visually impaired children or learners. And so what they saw was that voice user interface actually helped overcome some of the challenges of visually impaired children. And this is a really good article to look at when you're thinking about future design and research. And then there was a conference paper put out by Ed Media and Innovate 2020 Learning, I'm sorry, Ed Media and Innovate Learning 2020. It was an online event of the Netherlands. And the this was called the use of Alexa for mass education. It's about game-based learning. And um, the research showed that if a student is using these voice devices for game-based learning, they can actually improve a skill in certain areas because if they do it in short duration, so kind of as needed or as wanted uh, in short little blips, they could, because it is individualized due, due to the fact it's algorithm driven, it can actually have a huge impact in increasing their knowledge on certain skills. And then lastly, from Syracuse University, um, this was um, an article which I actually have reached out to the people who are going to uh, do this. This was just a proposal for a research project, and it just talks about um, the desire to see, does it have an impact on children's learning? And so I've reached out to see, because it was in 2019, I've reached out to see, have they moved forward on this? Their goal is to actually look at social influence like parent expectations, the social function of identification, meaning does the user have an emotional connection with the technology, and at learning goals. Then they're going to look at the historical analysis, look at the historical log to do an analysis on what on the finding, and actually create a participatory design session to check to see how does the, how do these three things, social influence, social function, and learning goals, 
impact learning for students using voice. So as you can see, there are a lot of different things out there. When I first got involved in voice and was looking up research, does you know, does anything support that this is a good thing? I wasn't finding a lot of information out there. I am now finding that voice, especially for children, is a great interface because they're more likely to actually be able to find what they're looking for if you're training them in a way to uh, know how to make good queries. Uh, and it's kind of a responsibility of an adult to really help them see this in a light as a tool to use for learning. I believe the same thing is true of an iPad. We, when a child enters education in the K-12 arena, we sometimes have to reteach as educators that this is not a toy, that this is a, also a tool for learning. So I think that the, it is important that early on that children learn that Technology isn't just a toy or for entertainment. It is something that can be used for learning and for being a lifelong learner. So I speak to all you educators out there, if you're giving access to children to devices as more of a free time and as more of a, oh, you earn this um, play time, make sure you're also uh, showing them the benefits of it for learning. So it is not just seen as something um, that is just added to our lives for amusement. This is Julie Daniel Davis signing off.